Welcome to Enthusiastically Self-Employed, the show created for you as a coach, consultant, solopreneur, and small business owner. Those of us who are enthusiastic about growing our business and learning along the way. This show features expert interviews from business rock stars in my network, plus solo episodes with marketing and LinkedIn tips from me, Brenda Mellon. Years ago, the universe nudged me forward into a new path as a solopreneur. I didn't know it at the time, but my career in corporate marketing and my knack for LinkedIn opened a new door for me. Whatever brought you into being self-employed, whether it was a corporate career transition, downsizing, early retirement, or a desire for a more fulfilling career path, my guess is you found this show because you are also enthusiastically self-employed. I'm glad you found me. Now let's get started. All right, so in this episode, I want to share with you my checklist. These are items I use to run through before I do a virtual presentation, whether that's a webinar, a Zoom session, a virtual team training, a virtual keynote, whatever it is. And I started putting together this checklist because it helps me to make sure I'm not forgetting anything. And hopefully by sharing it with you, it'll help you as well. And I want to remind you after you're listening to this episode, if you think of anything additional I should add into my list, then please reply back and I will add it to my blog. By the way, the link to the blog will be below in show notes. So here we go. Here's the things that I run through before I do a virtual presentation. Now, the first thing I do is I have a sign that I put on my front door in big black marker on a, on a poster board. It says, do not knock live webinar recording in process. And I put that at my front door so that UPS, Amazon, the mailman, whoever does not knock on the door because that can be very disruptive when you're presenting. The second thing I do is make sure that my internet access is hardwired in. So I'm not using the Wi-Fi. I'm actually using a cable and I plug into my laptop to make sure I have good, smooth connection. I also will prepare for a backup Wi-Fi and I've got a hotspot I purchased it from Verizon. I think it was about 100 bucks or so. It's worth it because I have that ready to go just in case I lose my home internet. I've had one occasion where I actually had to jump on my hotspot instead. By the way, the hotspot is a really great thing to have if you're ever traveling, working at a coffee shop that doesn't have good Wi-Fi or in a place where the Wi-Fi is just not reliable. The next thing I do is a content review. If I have a presentation deck, I'll just review that real quick for any last minute edits. I might run a spell check through it, convert it to a PDF. I've always found it's a little bit easier to reverse, rather to advance through the slides using a PDF rather than a PowerPoint, especially if you're having to toggle in and out of Windows. The other thing I like is sometimes I'll use a Canva deck instead of a PDF because that works really well with navigation. And then I will email it to myself. I might even do this like the night before I freak out sometimes. (laughs) I don't know if you do that too, but I'll email it to myself. I may also send a a PDF copy to either my co-host or the client just to make sure they have a copy handy, especially if it's a bad weather day. If we're coming into either a winter storm or a situation where there might be a thunderstorm in the area and I might lose Wi-Fi, I want to have somebody else having their hands on it so that if needed, they can present and then I can simply talk on the Zoom. So that's a good thing to do. I also will print it up in a six up. So I have six slides on a page just in case I lose internet access. I know the content that's on the slides and that way I can navigate through just by reading it. And that also works well if your laptop dies. If you have a battery issue, your cord is not with you and you need to jump on on your phone instead. You have your co-host or your client present. 
hey, I've had all of these things happen to me. So I like to think about being prepared. So that's all related to content review. The next thing is regarding the attendees. I try to print up a copy of the attendee list so I can check off names as people arrive. And then sometimes what I'll do is I'll reference their names as I'm presenting or if I'm using examples, I want to give shout outs. I know the names of people who are in the room. That's really handy to do. The next thing I do is open up the web application that I'm using. Typically, that's Zoom. So I will go into the Zoom at least five to 10 minutes prior to when my client will arrive. Or if it's a live session, I might jump on 20 to 25 minutes prior to the start of the event, just so that I'm ready to go inside Zoom 15 minutes prior to the start time. And I use the same link that's in the meeting reminder to make sure I'm joining the same link as my attendees. By the way, you should always be doing this, registering yourself, using the same link that your attendees use so you can kind of check the process and make sure that the Zoom link is identical there. The next thing I do is inside the Zoom, I go into my in Zoom settings. So I turn on my video, unmute myself, making sure that my video is using my really good high quality webcam and my microphone is my really good quality microphone in there as well. At this point, I'll turn on my lighting and I might need to adjust my camera angle, especially if I've been moving my laptop around the house. I want to make sure I'm centered in the frame there. I'll test the audio. And at this point, if anyone has arrived in the room, I'll ask them to comment and chat and say, yes, I can hear you just to make sure that the sound is picking up accurately. By the way, if you ever run into a situation where you have spotty Wi-Fi, I would highly recommend using the dial-in for your audio instead of getting the audio through your Wi-Fi or through your laptop. That way, if your Wi-Fi is spotty and you ever notice like your screen will start to freeze and things like that, if you're using the dial-in for your audio, your audio will continue to go continuously and smoothly even if your Wi-Fi hiccups. So that's a good thing to keep in mind. Also inside my Zoom, I will enable transcriptions to make sure those are turned on, but then I turn them off for my view because I get really distracted reading them. I don't know about you, but enabling them does allow me to share a transcript of the discussion with attendees afterwards. They can download that. And I think that's both good for the hearing impaired community, as well as for individuals that just prefer to read instead of watching the video playback. The other thing I like to do is getting some music or ambiance in the background. And I sometimes do this, not always, but what I will do is I'll go on YouTube and I'll do a search for royalty music instrumental or commercial free music instrumental. And depending on my mood, I might type in upbeat or calm or relaxing or focused, something like that. But you can usually find some really great YouTube music out there. I One a caution for you is making sure that you play it for a minute first because you usually get an ad in the first 30 seconds. And just keeping in mind, if you do play this for a long period of time, over 10 or 15 minutes especially, you'll probably get an ad popping up. So just be ready for that. <laughs> but I think it's always better to have some music playing rather than just dead air as people are coming in the room. All right, the next thing I like to do sometimes, but not always, is a pre-session loop. And that means like a slideshow that's playing in the background as, as folks are arriving inside my webinar, inside my Zoom. Sometimes I have that playing in the background and it gives you the chance of almost running some promotional messages, reminders, sometimes inspirational statements. Sometimes I put mentions of pie in there in the background, but something to entertain people as they're walking in the room periodically rotating in a slide that mentions we'll be starting at 10 a.m. sharp and letting them know the date and title of the session. Other times, instead of doing the pre-session loop, I'll have just a landing page or a slide in the background so that they know that they're in the right place as they arrive. 
Okay. The other thing I do is I get the slideshow ready. And this is usually at the point where I'm getting ready to present and I will share my screen, show the PDF of my slides or whether it's a Canva, whatever I'm using there. I typically find that PDF is better than PowerPoint, especially if you're toggling back and forth from presenter view to slideshow view. So do keep that in mind. Give that a try. Converting it to PDF, it makes it really easy to just toggle down the slides and also pull in additional windows inside there. And make sure that if you're doing this, if you're especially if you're doing a recording and you'll make the recording available as a playback, keep in mind that about the the it's about an inch and a half on your right hand side panel will be hidden by either your video or the entire participant panel video if you have it on the side there. So make sure nothing's being blocked on your slides in terms of important text or things like that. Sometimes I'll even click through all of the slides as people are coming in the room real quick just to make sure nothing's being hidden and that way they get to feel like they're getting a preview of the whole show too, so kind of a cool thing. The other thing I like to do is if you do have a second screen, I will pull up the PowerPoint deck or a copy of the slide deck in a second screen So if I need to, I can copy and paste links and put them into chat, but I also like to have that in a thumbnail view so I know what's coming up next. It's a really helpful thing. By the way, if you've not invested in a second screen yet and you are doing virtual presentations, I highly recommend. They're not too expensive nowadays to get a second screen, and you can simply plug it into your laptop with an HTML cable, and it makes it really easy to have. It's just more screen space that you can use for presentations, so I find it really, really helpful. The next thing I do is as participants are are coming and and I'm starting to see people filing in, I might just send out another email reminder, especially if it seems like the the participation isn't quite there yet. Maybe it's a minute or two and I only have one person on. I might just email everyone and remind them of the Zoom link, let them know the Zoom is open in case anyone wants to join early and to make sure that they have the link handy. Now, a lot of times if I'm doing a pre-scheduled webinar or a course launch or something along those lines, I have a series of emails in place. They will do this for me. But if you happen to be in the session and nobody's on yet and it's time to start, you may just want to do a quick reminder to everyone with the Zoom link to make sure that they have it handy and they're using the right link to come inside there. Okay. Then what else? Do not disturb for my family is another thing that I will do. And what I will do is I will text my husband or if it's around the time that my son gets home from school or my daughter, et cetera, I'll let them know that I'm going online and I won't be available until whatever the end time is. And then I put my phone on do not disturb. That way I'm not getting my son walking in the door saying hi really loud or my husband texting me saying, why aren't you answering your phone, right? So I let to let the important people know that have a good likelihood of, of continuing to text or call me to let them know I'm not available for that certain point in time. I really find that helpful. If you have a printouts of your slides, at this point I'll grab them because a lot of times I'll print them and the printers are across the room so you want to have them handy. So go grab them. That's another thing that I'll do. And then I will grab a glass of water, some type of hydration. In front of me today, I've got an orange Gatorade, but other days I might have a glass of cool water, or if it's in the morning, I might get a cup of coffee and a water, but I like to make sure that I'm hydrated, especially when I'm presenting and I'm talking a lot, I get really dry. So making sure that you have that. The next thing I do is a quick mirror check. Ladies, you'll appreciate this. I run a quick brush through my hair, maybe do a, a last minute application of lipstick or lip gloss, something like that, and just look inside the camera and look inside the mirror rather and make sure that you look camera ready on there. Sometimes you get a, a rogue of hair flying over or a piece of spinach left over from lunch that you have on the front of your teeth, so you want to make sure that you're ready to go on there. 
The next thing I do is sound notification. And as I go into the participant panel inside Zoom, I like to turn on that doorbell just until the first person arrives, and then I will shut that off. And the button, I believe, says play sound when someone joins or leaves. I don't like to keep it ongoing because it's like a it's like a sad sound when they leave. And I'm always like, oh, they left. Was it not good? <laughs> so I turn it on for the first person. I, so I know somebody's in the room, especially if I'm moving around the room, grabbing my water, getting my printouts. Then I can hear that someone is there and I can come on screen and welcome them and then finish my prop. So a good thing to do. The next thing I do after a few people have joined is I go inside chat and I and I will ask them to go inside chat rather and to type in yes if they can hear me to make sure that the audio and the video are working. Keeping in mind there, if you're not hearing anybody, you might want to switch over to your phone audio until someone responds and says yes in there. Usually at this point, I will have muted all participants so I don't give them the ability to unmute. Because sometimes you might get somebody who's really friendly who wants to strike up a conversation and you're on a time schedule, right? And I do let them know that all participants will be in listen-only mode for the duration of the session. And I let them know they can use chat to communicate with me. So I give them some reminders on outreach. I'm trying to be polite there, but I want to make sure I'm being respectful of their time. Then as the session gets started, I do, if I am recording it, I will do a recording reminder And before I do that, and even before the day of the webinar, I might check my system storage first, especially if I'm going to be online for an hour. You don't want to run into a situation where 30 minutes into your webinar, your computer says your storage is full. Okay. Now, Zoom has this really great function where you can record to the cloud. So if you're in doubt that you have available space on your laptop, use the cloud storage instead. But my preference is always to store locally on my laptop for that recording. Okay. And then as we are getting started, my final few things are to remind participants, if I do have any webinar housekeeping reminders, things like participants are in listen-only mode and won't be able to unmute. They can use chat to communicate with each other and with the panelists. If I'm doing polls, I might let them know we're periodically loading polls, and I might even have an opening poll at this point to get them started there. And then I'll remind them if we're using a a webinar, Zoom webinar, to use the Q&A to submit questions, and we'll answer those questions at the very end. If I'm doing a giveaway, I also remind them of that, and that links you to my final tip for all of you, which is loading your prize wheel if you're using one. I use this great service called wheelofnames.com, just like it sounds, W-H-E-E-L of O-F-N-A-M-E-S.com. It's free. You can put your branded colors on the wheel. You can upload a picture of your prize in the in the middle of the, the wheel there. And what I like to do is I open up the prize wheel at the beginning and I show them what it looks like. And I remind, I hold up the prize, whatever I'm giving away, a copy of my book, et cetera. And I tell them we're doing the drawing at the end time of the webinar, must be present to win. That will keep people on to the very end. And then at about five minutes until the end of the start time, at end of the webinar rather, I will again, hold up my prize and I will tell people if they're interested in winning that prize. It's a small number of people, maybe under 30 or so, I'll say just put the word book inside chat, B-O-O-K or whatever the name of the prize is. If it's a longer participant list, 50 to 100 or more, what I will do is I'll use the registered list, first and last name only, and I'll use that for wheel of names. And I just let people know must be present to win. So that might mean I might go through five or six or seven names before we find a winner, which I'm okay, because I think that when once we get to that seventh winner, that person is super, super excited. 
All right, that is it. This is my virtual presentation checklist. These are the things I do before every webinar. And what I find is every time I do a session, I think of something new to add to the list. So if this is perhaps jog your memory and additional items to add in, please let me know. You can email me at brenda at mellermarketing.com or you can message me anywhere on social media. Let me know if this was helpful for you. I would greatly appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this and I look forward to sharing more tips with you again in a future show. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Brenda Meller. Wanted to let you know if you're a coach and consultant and you're looking for some tips to really up your LinkedIn game, I've got a free downloadable checklist for you. It's called 15 LinkedIn Profile Tips for Coaches and Consultants. And this checklist is a way of getting some quick and easy tips to update your LinkedIn profile today to help generate more leads for your coaching and consulting business. To grab your copy of the list, go to mellermarketing.com slash list.